Welcome back to the Speedy Arrowcast. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined by a, a very special, I've joined for this very special episode of the Speedy Arrowcast. I've, we've picked a, a great panel to join us. We have Guy English here, our usual co-host. Guy, how you doing? Peachy. <laughs> you say that with a little more conviction. Um, <laughs> and then, just in from Central City, he, uh, he ran his way over here just so he could be with us to discuss this very special episode of Arrow. It's Philip Moselak. Hey, Mose, how's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, since for some reason we're on hiatus for a week, I thought I'd come over and nice put the Maloik on you. Yeah, you put the Maloik on you, uh, smug little guys over here. <laughs> you're gonna wait. Well, here's, is that what you're doing? Here's the, here's the, yeah. Here's the truth. Moltz pulled guard duty at Lianlu, and he's he's he's. <laughs> Down there with Slade Wilson, they're like playing a lot of cards. It's cool. Maltz <laughs> is fine. But Maltz is honestly one of my favorite people. And then I put our heads together and thought, what can we do to replace Maltz? And we came up with, let's get one of our least favorite people. <laughs> It makes perfect sense but, to me. And, really, and I, and I you can have, see the logic, right? Well, he's yeah, literally I mean, the next person down alphabetically on our list, too. Right? That's right. And I share <laughs> so many different letters of his name. So, yeah. it, I mean, it works. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's great. I, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Like Bizarro Moltz. Yeah. <laughs> you got the goatee and everything. It's great. <laughs> right. It, it makes sense. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we are here to talk about uh, episode 13 of season five titled specter of the gun which as guy will now obligatory remind us is also the title of a classic star trek episode not only will i remind you of that i will remind you that i was wrong last week doesn't happen oh. often doesn't happen often oh this is follow-up yeah we don't usually have follow-up on the show but this we is a we special very seldomly have follow-up this is an I actual cocky i got all cocky and i said yeah. that uh, oliver queen never catches arrows and all of the bad guys do and we had and, you know, Moltz disagreed with me, which is why he's been banished <laughs> to guard duty. <laughs> don't, don't disagree with me. Um, but we had a, a couple of uh, really faithful readers chime in to tell us, and by us I mean me, that I was drastically wrong. Uh, it turns out in Season 3, Episode 2, Oliver Queen is uh, in, a, in a fight with this uh, Archer Komodo. Komodo shoots an arrow at him. Oliver catches it, turns around, and shoots it back at him. You know, Kinda I had cool forgotten move. that, but when I saw the scene, I was like, I totally remember. I feel like I even talked to you about that scene where it was like how badass it was. <laughs> I think we did, yeah, because it was totally badass. It was right after Sarah died, so I could have been in a fugue state. <laughs> but so, yeah, are you giving out a personal Biff award? Or I am, yeah, I fish, am official. So, I'm, biff, so yeah. I'm, handing, I'm here to hand out some Biffs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Biff number one, the first Biff that I noticed in the timeline is uh, a fellow by the name of James Farner. Thanks, James. Or Biff, as we now call you. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first to actually point out that uh, Komodo had done that. Next up, and with a, a bonus prize of, I don't know, Sub bushel, a bushel of Cupid's arrows. Un I don't know. Where understudy Biff? But, understudy Biff is uh, Jonathan Mooney. 
total biff. Because he gave us the link to the video that, that you were just describing where all he catches the arrow and fires it back. Thanks, That's man. That's very biffy. Real biff. Yeah. We've had another, uh, we've had some other biffs. Um, my favorite alternative biff uh, is, <laughs> I don't know what his name is, but his, his, his Twitter avatar is just, uh, well, his Twitter name is just a stop sign and trumpanzee. <laughs> And he, he, he told us about uh, this Komodo scene on Twitter. And I just looked at his, uh, his bio. And all I replied to him was like, you're a real biff. And in his bio now is, I'm a real biff. Die English. <laughs> and I'm like, get on you, Trumpanzi. That guy really Stop took it and ran with it there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So long story short, I'm wrong. I said I would call out all of the Biffs. Thank you, Biff Army. You proved me right. You know, um, in, in addition to that, just throwing out there, I was curious to know if we had covered this episode, and I went back and looked, and in fact, our first episode of the Speedy Arrowcast dates back to Season 3, Episode 13, so that was well after. Uh, we did not say we, we started mid-season there. Um, but I will point uh-huh. out that that was almost exactly... That was February 13th, 2015, so just over two years ago. So this is kind of our two-year birthday episode right now. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, very exciting. And we brought, yeah. we brought some special guests to, just to appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> we, got, we reached into the Murray universe and got, yeah. got an alternate molts. Uh, that, see, there, there we go. I'm just molts uh, Earth 13. <laughs> uh, molts, come on. <laughs> you can do better, is what we're saying. <laughs> no one should be alternate molts from Earth 13. That's just don't aspire to that. He's HR molts. I know. I was HR gonna say molts. that's like aspiring to be. HR. There we go. HR molts. HR I'll molts. take that. Yeah, you sound yeah. like an old timey shop man. I love it. <laughs> all right, more <laughs> HR molts. Come down. Try my fancy sodas. Um, all right, let's do okay, an actual let's, show. Yeah, let's, yeah exactly. Uh, let's all right, so are, are you guys going to do your hour long recap or what, what's, what's the deal here? <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to do it? No, I don't want to do it. It's not my show. I already got stuff that I All want right. to poke holes in. I got notes. Oh, jeez. I got notes, so I can I can take it on. Um, all right. So as we are told right up front, I don't know like which in what variety you guys watch this or through what means, but right up front, I got a content warning that certain parts yes. of this show would not be appropriate. We're we're rated TV fourteen or something. I honestly, yeah, I honestly didn't think that it was that much worse than a regular episode as far as that goes. But I can understand that there were some scenes that were of a sensitive nature. That's fine. Like the violence was going to be a little more realistic, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, that's followed by an incredibly grim opening with a guy packing guns into a bag and then a very somber uh, version of the title card. Um, we cue in to dig training Dinah. And in using a bow staff, which she says she was really good at because she was undercover with a gang that uses bow staffs. Okay, we're going to let uh, that one slide. The, the Pilgrims. The p- pilgrims. And that, that gang sounds tough as nails. They wear those hats. <laughs> the Pilgrim with the buckles on them. Absolutely just, buckled. Yeah, on Thanksgiving, do not mess with them. Um, the team is still looking for uh, who they think is Prometheus, which is Claiborne's son, uh, we are keyed into the fact that we know Felicity is using the Pandora cache to find them. 
um, uh, to find Claiborne's mother specifically, who has gone off the grid into some sort of witness protection program. Back at City Hall, Thea has finally returned from the longest conference ever, and she knows all about Oliver's relationship with Susan Williams, which she comments makes her want <laughs> makes her want to puke a little bit. I think she said, <laughs> um, "Charming." Uh, Renee is the is Quentin's new assistant, which I love. Uh, and we don't get too much time to establish the scene. Quentin's on his way out when uh, someone, the guy from the pre- uh, beginning, comes in, pulls out his gun, and basically starts shooting up the mayor's office. Uh, this keys in, uh, Renee is trying to take him down, which keys into a flashback for Renee, which we'll get into in a bit. During the shootout, Chase, Adrian Chase, is shot, but he's okay. Unfortunately, not everybody else's is lucky. There are five dead, 24 wounded. Uh, the team gets the gun. Uh, and starts analyzing it. Renee goes to check in with Quentin, who's at the police station, because he caught a glimpse of the guy. Uh, they get into a, a discussion about guns, and he points out that as someone... I, I was not aware of this. I would like to look this up. This is actually true. As someone who was dishonorably dis- discharged from the military, he is he is not allowed to carry a firearm, apparently. So, that seemed weird to me. Odd. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. Mm. Someone with a military background who listens on our show can probably confirm whether that's true yeah. or not. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, yeah, my, you know, my experience with that is limited to MASH and Klinger trying to get <laughs> a dishonorable discharge. Yeah, it's so, a, a, little, a little different. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Oliver's at the hospital finds out that a couple more people from the attack have died. He and Thea are checking in on Adrian, who wants to check himself out of the hospital. And hey, we, we meet his wife, Doris, who seems very normal for dealing with somebody like Adrian Chase. Um, back at the bunker, there is uh, a lot of discussion about uh, the gun control issue, because this is a very special episode. We're going we're gonna to talk about gun control. Um, Oliver, having been keyed off to the fact that this particular AR-15 style weapon is used by the Bertinelli family, goes after... Uh, this guy who we saw at the beginning of this season, who is sort of the current head of the Bertinelli family, um, and he's got him strung up and is trying to get info on him. The guy totally denies that they had anything to do with it, but before Oliver can sort of let him down easy, literally, Vigilante shows up and shoots him a bunch, telling Oliver, the only difference between us is I use a more efficient weapon. Uh, Oliver has to, like, take cover, and when he comes out, Vigilante is gone. That's basically the extent of Vigilante's appearance in this episode. I kind of like that they're drawing him out as a thread there. Um, we find out that the villain of the week is literally nobody special. He is a guy whose family was killed in a mass shooting in a mall, and he was really upset that City Hall didn't pass a gun law. Um, Oliver has to give a statement to the press, which does not go great because they ask him hard questions like, what are your, what's your opinion on gun control? And he demurs answering and decides he wants to take a stand. So he's going to bring in all the gun control opponents and basically. I I do like his, um, he's at least introspective enough. Yes, he does Uh, think about it it. and decides, you know, he He says, yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do owe an explanation, but I owe it to them, not to you. Yes. Which. Not great in a press conference, nope. <laughs> but as a human being, I I appreciate it. I like he came to that realization during that conference, which yeah, I mean, awkward, this awkward, is also a mayor who's sleeping with a reporter that yeah. covers his campaign, so like he's not big on yeah. this whole sort of. He's not everybody, right. as everybody points out, he is not really a professional politician, right? Um, so uh, he brings in the gun control opponents and sits down with them. Uh, until like says we're gonna sit here until we hash it out and figure out what we can do. Meanwhile, digs out questioning people 
and we have a C plot where he and Dinah talk and she is weirded out by trying to find an apartment. Um, she saw a nice apartment, but just didn't really feel like she could get it because it was too, too normal of a thing to do after everything she's been through. And he tries to encourage her, uh, that he should give it a try. Uh, and a dig, dig gets a nice dig as it were in on Oliver by saying, Dinah, I work with Oliver Queen. Try me. <laughs> um, Curtis and Felicity uh, have a discussion about Felicity's opinion on not talking politics, and Curtis mourns the fact that we can't have a discussion about politics anymore, because he and Renee are basically having a back and forth through this entire episode about pro and anti-gun control. Uh, they track down a support group that this the shooter belonged to, and they manage to question the leader to find him. Um, they find his location, and he has blueprints, which they realize is not for City Hall, but for Starling General. Uh, they notify Oliver, who excuses himself from the Alderman meeting, and goes in and basically talks down Edland uh, and tells him, you know, the registry wouldn't have helped because the guns that they that were used in, to kill his family were illegal. Um, and there's some discussion about, you know, basically, people are angry. What can be done about it? Um, in the end... Oliver and Renee apparently come up with a magic gun control ordinance, which <laughs> switches everybody's <laughs> problems, but no one knows what it involves because they decide yeah. not to tell us. If only we could read those papers. <laughs> this is the problem. Magic with, law. Yeah, this is the I problem. I got a feeling those papers episodes. are like Trump divesting himself as a family business. There's... I feel like they're more like the, the Ark of the Covenant. Like if you open them, your face yeah, melts yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. This is the problem Blind with issue trust. episodes. If the problem were really easy to solve, then we probably would have done it by now. Um, I enjoy the, 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 the end of Curtis and Renee's discussions where, you know, Curtis basically asks him a question and, uh, Renee's response is, Haas, do I seem like I can't handle tough talk? Um, but yeah. it turns out that Curtis has dug up that his, um, Renee's daughter was taken away from him by social services, essentially. And he and his lawyer friend feel like Renee should have a chance to get his daughter back. Dinah's gotten the lease on her apartment. And in an interesting move, joined the SCPD. So that will be intriguing. Uh, Oliver finally uh, holds a candlelight vigil on the steps of City Hall and says hard choices require bravery. And they pass the magic gun control bill, which is great. The flashback, which I kind of dug, even though it is a little bit on the ham-fisted side, as with everything in this episode, is Renee confronting his wife, who is basically a not entirely recovered addict uh, and who has been using drugs. Um, he takes his daughter to a hockey game and when they come back, they find that the apartment has sort of been, uh, you know, broken into and the wife's dealer is holding her at gunpoint for $500, which seems a little crazy. That guy is clearly high on his own supply. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Renee (laughs) feel like basically convinces the guy, like, let him get the money out of the safe, which is where we've established earlier on that he keeps his gun. Um, except he basically doesn't get there because the daughter comes out, distracts the dealer who then you know shoots at renee renee gets his gun out shoots the guy back and in falling down the dealer shoots his wife his wife dies which leads to a line where uh renee tells curtis that if he had his gun his wife would still be alive uh and then our last very last flashback scene with renee is he has had his daughter taking away and then he sees the coverage on tv of oliver killing damian dark and he picks up his hockey mask and his shirt and an origin story is born yeah. So, so uh, not, yeah, not, not a radioactive spider. Sorry. Not a radioactive. Yeah. I, now, guys, I haven't been watching the show. I'm not going to lie to you. So there are some questions that I have. 
All right, you know, lay him down. We're here, <laughs> okay? Because oh, I mean, I follow your show, and I figure in Why my mind you that's good our enough. Show if you're not watching the show, Moe's. that's because I, I get talk. all the information I need. <laughs> All right, all right. Oh, I mean, that's really. Hard, that's hardening. That's, thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, look, what do I need to watch for? You guys go through it in, in, in fine it's scrubbing detail. excruciating. However, yeah. yes. Yeah. However. We now, like is to this call it first? accuracy. Speed over accuracy. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Uh, Just like a flash, Is this the first man. time? Yeah. Um, I see where you're going. Um, <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, is this the first time a flashback has involved someone other than Ollie? No, we've had nope. a dig flashback in the past. Um, okay, d- at, at least at one. Least. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, to think when he if, was in the military. Yeah, well, at least yeah, at least one about him being in the military. I feel like do we have another one? Do we have one with Sarah? At one point, I feel like we went back over her survival, but maybe it was just in Oliver's flashbacks. And and who is Susan yeah. Williams, and why do I care? <laughs> she is yeah, the reporter well, that yeah. Oliver is is Oliver's girlfriend, and is also covering City Hall, which, as Thea is totally right about, is a terrible idea. Uh, and she basically blindsided him earlier on, and we've learned she's looking into his connections with the Bratva in his history, and has basically, as of the most recent episode, deduced that Oliver is the Green Arrow. That we haven't seen the fallout of that information. Uh, yet. So yeah. she's smoking him out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's the she's the intrepid reporter on the scene, and her romantic relationship with Oliver is uh, it's unclear whether it's opportunistic or if it's uh, you know honest. I have to say, it's, it is hilarious to me that there is another show that I am watching right now that is on the same night as Arrow. I think it airs the hour after Arrow. Is it Suits? Yes, where she's actually also <laughs> on it and also playing a love interest in the main character. I'm just going to pretend it's the same character. I like Suits. I'm seasons behind, but that's a good show. Yeah, it is yeah. a good show, yeah, but it's funny that she's on both of that. them. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, uh, well, good. I guess that's typecasting or something. I don't know. And that one, she's an architect, not a reporter. So whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's great that you have reporters that do things in your <laughs> show. Say, in, yeah. in Central City, yeah. we don't we don't have that kind of reporting uh, expertise. They occasionally yeah. break it, up like yeah. a gun deal. She, she's or something. making like yeah, this tertiary character is making Iris West look like a goofball. <laughs> you guys got to get used. It stuff doesn't together, take man. much. <laughs> uh, anyway. you know what? I love that show. I really do love The Flash. I really do. All right. Well, okay. You got, you got some stuff to like take care of. Mo's were there and more. I'm saying you like you can just pick up the phone and fix it. <laughs> look, so you know. Yeah, we're uh, look. I'm doing what I can. <laughs> Are there more <laughs> questions, Mo's, that we can answer for you, or is? Well, but let me just say that Captain Lance. Well, I say Captain Lance, but really it's now Deputy Mayor Lance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He has to be the greatest catalyst coach in this episode, getting the team like spun up. At near the end, like just before, you know, we kind of roll down the street. He he kind of gathers the troops up. I really, I miss that guy a lot. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he seems to be playing like a pretty cool character this season. Me too. I really, uh, first of all, Paul Blackthorn is an awesome actor. Uh, Quentin is one of my favorite characters. Uh, I preferred him in the opposition role because he had more stuff to do. Uh, as the ally role, less so. Um, in this particular episode, I found one nugget that, that led me to, can you guess what, Dan? 
<laughs> uh, your event, your desire for Quentin to take on the mantle of the question, of course. It's not my desire. This is a universal constant. <laughs> um, yeah, so he walks past the guy who ends up shooting up City Hall, and he uh, starts beating himself mm. up over the fact that he walked past him and couldn't clock him. Like, didn't didn't realize that this was a suspicious guy, and kind of wished that he would uh, could, would have or could do something more about it. And he's confiding in this to um, to, to Wild Dog, yeah. to Renee, uh, which is going to lead me to. I think he's going to. I think he's starting to get tempted. I I had. I mean, one, they, you uh, got a whole team. Why not? Sure, why not? I had one. <laughs> I had one little thing that bothered me in this episode about his interactions, which was. So he comes in and he meets Dinah for the first time early on in the episode. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And it's weird to me that he like he gives her a look and he cracks a joke about them being serious about this recruitment situation. But I feel like a. I mean, okay, we we've already established that Dinah was his daughter and his wife's name. Like he doesn't Whoa. make any comment about that. Yeah, just to shrug it off is like yeah, a like, little bit weird. Like, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, just another Dinah. That's another cool. Dinah, sure. It's totally like, what? How many Dinahs do you know? You know three. I know. <laughs> Come on. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. That's four. And and Dinah Shore. There yeah. you go. That's it. <laughs> Dinah Shore. Um. So yeah, this was a. I read an interview with some of the producers in which they were talking about. You know, they felt like five seasons in. They have the flexibility to do a issue episode. You know, they felt like they'd earned a shot at it. This is a tough topic to take on. I I think I appreciate that they at least made a shot at something, no pun intended, that was related to a lot of the subject matter. Like, it kind of would have been easy to do something just like drugs are bad, right? Um, But, like, violence is kind of central to the MO of many of our characters. And yeah. so kind of taking that on was nice. And I think especially it was a nice job of having a problem that, as somebody points out in the episode, not a problem that the Green Arrow can solve, but a problem that Oliver Queen, mayor of Star City, needs to solve. I agree. Yeah. I, I, so I, this episode was certainly a very special episode of Arrow, as one of her <laughs> friends put it. It wasn't my joke, but it really is. It's an after-school after special. Um, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's necessarily the best written or the tightest written, but they went straight after an issue and they tried to pack it in. And I, I admire them for having the, the guts to do it, frankly. And especially well, and that's why I, this, I, this, I mean, this is divisive, even among the team, right? So. So, go ahead. Oh yeah, and and that was that was really good because I wrote in my notes holy after school special because I was like oh my god they're gonna take this on and I was like you know you Arrow has done this many a time and I've been on record as saying that they you know punch above their weight but I say that and after watching the whole episode they actually you know they still don't say. Definitely this or definitely that. Right. But they give kind of a broad spectrum argument over the entire and and have a good debate over it over an entire uh, episode, which I kind of can't help but praise them for because I thought, oh, God, we're going to get social justice all over this and it's just going to get marred with a bunch of convoluted stuff. 
and it really didn't. Well, I, so we'll we'll get to it, but I think that the story tells the the beats in the story tell one thing, and the but the ultimate solution that we quote unquote solution that that we see on the steps is uh, a little bit different. In that, um, so the final thing is the Star City Firearms Freedom Act, uh, of which we know no details. Uh, but it doesn't. It's not a registry, and it doesn't accept. It doesn't impact the, the buying or selling or owning of arms. What what is left? To which it's like it, I, that's I couldn't figure out. I I, I just well to me it means there. like you know what uh, limit clip sizes. You know, like uh, maybe not fully automatic. Like the the U.S. did have a law banning certain things that. Uh, you know, automatic weapons and, and, and such and clip sizes uh, that was lifted or was let to expire. So maybe it's like a local version of that. Uh, frankly, I don't understand how a city is supposed to enact these ordinances, but whatever. Especially uh, like, a city that is as put upon as Star City is in terms of its yeah. violence and crime problems. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff, like the AR-15 being the, the favorite weapon of this one gang, but they yeah, also profiling. say that it is like the, one of the most popular weapons in America. Like, this episode is, is a thin veneer. It's 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 using their chess pieces that they've got on the board to try to say something a little bit broader than the show usually tackles, and that's rough. But I think they did a pretty good and respectful job of addressing it. Yeah, I mean, I like the debate theme that runs through the episode um, with both. Ren- I mean, Renee to me, Renee, has- Re- yeah, Renee and Curtis kill it. Renee right? and Curtis are great. I loved. Curtis was one of my favorite characters of last season. I feel like he's been a little underutilized this season, but Renee has been just truly, I think, one of the best fleshed out characters, especially now that we've gotten some more on his backstory. Um, he is a very, I think they've done a nice job making him very three dimensional as a character. One of the reviews I read suggested it was kind of a bummer that they did that they had uh, sent off Rory last week since he appears to be one of the more thoughtful members of the team Mm -hmm. and could have been an interesting voice in that debate but we also get dinah and quentin on opposite sides though both were cops um they have different opinions about whether or not uh you know the what how gun control or the lack thereof should be treated so you know there is a there is certainly a mechanism in place for hearing a lot of people's different opinions about this issue i think my biggest problem in some ways is they do they some seem to come up with some sort of magical solution at the end i kind of feel like not sure i wanted them to just throw up their hands and give up either but i think more of a you know this is something that we should have we should, we need to look into and like we're going to make a priority i don't know yeah. anything I you see do in a 40 incremental minute step, show right right anything you do in a yeah. 40 minute show is really you know because this I is mean, not a right. plot point that's probably going to resonate for the rest of the season yeah right it's like next week on a very special episode of arrow <laughs> we solve the israeli palestinian yeah. issue it's like <laughs> or, no or, like, don't, how, that's not a thing like you don't like how how a bill <laughs> becomes law and that i yeah. think that was the biggest thing it's like look guys you've made you've done great strides so far don't flub it by trying to you know you, you're good writers but you're not legislators just right back right, it up right. a little bit i actually did like that they didn't try to uh like, like you said most uh they didn't try to 
present a solution. They just had like a MacGuffin that was like, okay, and this kind of makes everybody happy. But it didn't even make everybody happy because the uh, uh, the alderman yeah. who was uh, anti-gun control went along with it only for optics. Yeah, and promised yeah. to take a political <laughs> price is, from Oliver as retribution. Yeah, too. <laughs> so I think I think the show, while the ultimate solution that the, the characters came up with was one thing, I think the story told by this episode says a different thing. Um, for example, uh, Renee says, if only he had had his gun, his wife would be alive. But when he picked up his gun and shot the bad guy... It was the bad guy's right. bullet right. that killed his wife. Like it, it uh, accidentally, yeah, that, accidentally. That there, there was, a little phony baloney. Well, it rang true to me as what he believes. Ah, his, Which, his own interpretation of the his, events, his, right? Yes. Like, like yeah, Quentin, like he could have done better if he shot up. Him. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and him and Quentin. Man, that, that's a good team. I would watch that show. Just give me those two. <laughs> give me those two, and. Uh, like uh, Flash's dad, we're all good. <laughs> See, the, it would the, be good. Yeah, the, the Arrowverse really cop good. show. Yeah, that really would. Be, anyway, but yeah. So his, I mean, when we see his backstory, his explanation that like if I'd had a gun, everything would have been fine is sort of laid bare in that. You know that 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 wasn't the case. You did shoot the bad guy, and bad things happened. Yeah, we um, we also get a bit in there where someone I think he says uh, our whole life is violence um, at yeah. one point, and you know, in terms of I think it's again you know tying into the the aspects of the show itself, right? Like when he's getting yeah. into an argument with people about guns, and he's pointing out like we literally roam the streets dispensing vigilante justice, and you're going to tell yeah. me that like you know we can't have guns? What? <laughs> yeah, which is uh, why I feel Oliver's conflicted about it um you know rightfully so There's, he's killed a lot of people and he's not afraid of like just randomly going and effectively shooting arrows into people or torturing people that kind of there's a gray zone there right of like how many people he sticks with arrows that really deserve it yeah i mean so, and, and arguably from you know taking a zoom out to the rest of the season as a whole that's gotten into him into some trouble uh, mm -hmm. because he is, you know, the at least they're operating on the idea that this, that Prometheus, the the big bad, is the son of someone he killed way back in season one. And so if right. that's the case, then, you know, his murderous <laughs> vigilante justice has essentially just begot more violence. Right. Which I think is true. And, and sure. this is a yeah. common theme. This is a very common theme among... Um, for lack of a better word, uh, street level vigilante superheroes like you know Batman, Kunano, that that kind of thing, is that their level of violence inspires their opponents. Like that's the very end of Batman Begins is that they they present Batman with the a Joker card, right? Yep. You you just ups the stakes, right? Right, yeah. It's like oh, you're gonna dress like a crazy person to like well. Here we go. You know, is is that where they're pulling vigilante from? Is are they? Is he going to be the? <clears throat> although they're going in the same direction, it seems like vigilante is saying, "Look, 
we are the, exactly the same, and I'm wondering if that plot line is going to be continued that we are a, exactly parallel, except I will go to the length that you you won't go. Eventually, Ollie's going to back it up and kind of take his foot off the gas of, I know he's kind of back to his murderous ways slightly, but Sli- it seems slightly like... Slightly murderous, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and interestingly enough, I, I was just thinking about this. We... I mean, they put the warning up. I think this is the first time I've seen blood in any of the CW shows, like of a a heavy a heaviness where you I, actually I, see body on the ground with blood. You know, I was thinking back, and I was like, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a flashback where I think we yeah. all agreed it was pretty brutal, including Ollie like beats a guy to death in a car, um, and he's covered with blood. <laughs> right, like that was pretty brutal. Yeah. I think this was the. There was certainly an element of the senseless violence, and because it is something that feels very real, right? Like the idea of somebody shooting up a government building yeah. or a hospital is all too real. I can understand I think, that being a sensitive yeah. subject. I think that's it. So I, I got it off iTunes, so I didn't get the warning. Um, uh, the only way I can... I mean, there's been worse stuff on this show, for sure. Um. It's just the way the, it's portrayed. Well, I think it's, it's very realistic. Like somebody, yeah. like because the bad guy isn't a bad guy. He's he's all of us. He's he's an everyman who's had a bad day, and he's got access to guns, and he's going to make some people suffer for it. And that is it's chilling, and it happens all too often in real life. Uh, so I think that ups the stakes in terms of the the ratings. Uh, you know, it's one thing when Slade Wilson murders uh oliver's mother that's very brutal i'm sure we see blood there there's a sword that goes right through her chest uh, you might have to get a biff award yeah, gun, i don't know gun control laws uh, wouldn't have pres- I, w- I wanted him to say that when he brings up his mother getting killed and i was like <laughs> that was with a sword so i guess there's no legislation to stop that yeah 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 blah, and blah. So, so wait so should we talk about maybe so the I don't want to call it the action-packed end, but the 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 conclusion of the conflict with this gunman is that uh, Oliver shows up with his team and the SWAT at the hospital. But Oliver is Oliver Queen. He's not the Green Arrow, and he sort of talks talks the guy down. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? I think it was a nice moment. I think it's an important one too because. There's a lot of theme in this episode where people talking about someone says to Oliver something like, did you think being mayor would be easy, essentially? And someone, Quentin, Quentin, is it Quentin? Yeah, my, guy, it my man, Quentin. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, there's he a doesn't lot of say people... it. He yells it at him because Quentin. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good take on it. Both he and Thea, I think, at that point are kind of, you know, yep. trying to point out to Oliver, like, this is serious business. And I think, you know. When it was just a matter of Oliver having to, like, you know, have a statue commemorated or say he was going to clean up, like, the harbor or whatever, right? Like, that's one thing. But, you know, now he's he's actually in a serious situation where he has to be the leader of this city. And that means something. And so I think it's it's important that we have Oliver Queen doing that and not the Green Arrow, especially because the Green Arrow... You know, especially yeah. we would talk about we had the flashback a couple of weeks ago where Talia tells him in order to like he needs to create a different part of him 
to be the green arrow to be that like monster killer part and so in some ways this is a redemption move for oliver queen because if he showed up as a green arrow that's not a very convincing argument because as we were talking about as mo said he's still kind of murderous right like that's a guy who's a murderer showing up and being like don't murder people is not really like a solid (laughs) a solid role and and he's he's being a superhero without a mask he's being a good person by the way Right, and that's redemptive for him, right? Like, because it shows that yeah. Oliver Queen still can be that person. Yeah, and a, and a couple of people tell him that, uh, uh, I think, maybe it was Quentin again. He was saying that, like, I have no doubt that the Green Arrow is going to find this guy and bring him to justice. No doubt. Like, this guy was small fry. Like, if Oliver had shown up as the Green Arrow, forget it. One dude who... Forget it. He's done. Yeah, he's going to get an arrow in in the arm and drop his gun, and we didn't solve anything. He just yeah. becomes yeah. another. Okay, thug. we took out one more bad guy. You know, right. but, or yeah. even but, Ollie yeah. showing up. I mean, we see in the very first episode of this season where he gets kidnapped as mayor, and we still see him beat the crap out of some people. Right, like yeah. Oliver Queen was capable of disarming that guy. Oh yeah, yeah but that was yeah, not I a mean, move that would have been yeah. the right move to make. Yeah, even when the SWAT team showed up, I'm sure he was pretty confident. He, you know, it's some fumbling guy. These odds are pretty good, but uh, you know, he kept talking, and it worked. And I like that when he, I love that when he took the gun, he took a step back, and the, the SWAT guys took took the guy down. But wa- watching this kind like, of stuff yeah. is exactly what, like, when you get the big crossover events, and you have Ali leading the 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 whole thing yeah this it is kind why. of well it, yeah i mean it bolter, bolsters that where i'm just like i don't know who should be leading but now it's like yeah ali really does know how to do things and i mean he can do it on two sides of the fence and he's learning to be like a, a, a really true tried and true leader yeah so uh, man i wish i'd talked to you about this crossover <laughs> thing a few episodes ago um, we can bring it up I right now. It. Okay, well, so uh, briefly, because we got other stuff to do. But uh, oh, come on. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody looks. Everybody kind of just assumes that Ollie's going to be the leader, and Ollie says Barry should be the leader. And so people kind of like, okay, Barry's the leader, and then I think is is it Sarah's? Like, are you just going to pretend that we didn't notice what happened? Because everybody does not like Barry in that episode. But well, and Barry what doesn't I find like brilliant, Barry. I know, I know. But what I feel find brilliant about that is a Oliver's the leader. B he knows damn well that Barry uh, Barry will do whatever he tells him to do. And C he knows that Barry now has to deal with all of the interpersonal <laughs> bullcrap. <laughs> That he doesn't want to have to deal with it because he's bad at it. So he's like, okay, I know I'm in charge. I don't need to be the guy that is, like, nominated in the charge. <laughs> you, Barry, get to deal with all of this crap I don't want to deal with. Go for it. And whatever I say is still going to go because people are going to actually listen to me because I'm the right guy to listen to. Well, he's, he's a good delegator. I, yeah, I, yeah, I see him as. Uh, I love it. I just. It's so good. If there are, any, if there are yeah. any West Wing fans in the house, I see. Uh, Barry is Bartlett, and uh, and Oliver is Leo McGarry, the chief yeah. of staff, who is just like you know making sure everything runs smoothly. 
Yeah, I yeah, I tend to agree. Not that either I mean Bartlett's great, Barry's great. Not that anything's wrong with that. But I mean not the, I not do the right admire, guy for that job. Like all he knows damn well that he doesn't get along with people. Yeah. And part of the goal here is to get along with people, so he's like, Okay, you do this, Barry. You can get along with everybody. When it comes down to it, I know you're gonna ask me and you're gonna do what I tell you. So fine. Is, is Flashpoint yeah. affecting any of your continuity at all? Uh, like, we had Sarah Jr. Okay, yeah, that was That's, because of the yeah. high high speed te- te- testicular speed. That <laughs> I don't uh, know what that. Did. I really don't know what that is. But yeah, now we got uh, John Jr. So okay. instead of Sarah, that makes yeah. sense. That I think yeah. is it. We've had some discussions about whether or not Flashpoint might play into some of the larger um, plots this season. I think from a yeah. From a story perspective, I feel like most of us are convinced that Flashpoint is not going to be like, it's not going to be like there's somebody who is a meta or whatever if, if from Flashpoint who is, you know, dressed up as Prometheus now, just because it would seem weird to lean right. that heavily on another show. Yeah, so so most P- Prometheus is our Zoom. That's <laughs> what I was going to tell. I, I like. I was going to yeah. like basically blow the blow the case for you guys and be like, you know, you know who Prometheus is. It's Zoom. <laughs> it's Zoom. Yeah, it's your Zoom. That would be kind of awesome. <laughs> no, you got We know I'd what hap- we know what happened to Zoom if we're still watching the uh, the other show. Yeah. All right. There's only one episode to watch, and I've already discussed this. It's the Legion of Doom episode. All other it ones don't exist. It is actually good. Stop that. <laughs> that one episode is pretty good. Yes, Just yes. stop. That episode okay. is good. Yes. But yes. you know what? It's fantastic. It's got Arrow's bad guys driving it. I know. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so awesome. Legends of Tomorrow had an episode with the Legion of Doom as the headliners. It was great. Go watch it. It's got Malcolm Merlin and uh, uh, Damien Derrick. Damien Derrick and Eobarthon from your show. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, uh, but is there I any? Like, so do you guys I, have? Do you guys have any, any any like any idea who this Prometheus guy is? And I finally just got the i I watched the the uh, the pre, uh, preview and got the joke that it was Worf is Worf's voice. Yes. I didn't get that the last the last couple episodes. Oh yeah, it's it's Michael Dorn is the voice. Yeah. Un- no, we don't know yeah. the the leads we've been given or. Are- we're suspicious of they they don't make sense we're fairly Um, confident that the whole lead they're operating under is a red herring which is that it's this son of a guy that oliver killed back in season one um but and we don't know the only other information we know is that we believe this person received some training from talia al ghul um because he uses a move that oliver also learned from her yeah and which is what's happening in the flashbacks um the other thing is, this is a show not about temporal disturbances or weird cosmic coinky dinks. Isn't that nice? Oliver needs to be responsible for this in some way, just from a narrative point of view. Yes, I, I think it's, yeah, we can't cop out on that. It really does have to be about him. Uh, something he, I think the clues that we were given early on, both in talks with the producers and with some of what we see in the show, is that this is somehow a villain of Oliver's own making. And I think yeah. they're going to stick yeah. with that. Uh, in terms it has of to be. It. And, and if there's a little bit of uh, salt and pepper of flashpoint in there, maybe, 
fine. You know, like if, if Flashpoint made, uh, you know, somebody survive that would maybe have not have survived. Fine. Yeah, I. But ultimately, I, just don't, I don't see like how the, we're going to drive that much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the 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 drive, the goal, and objective of this character has to be driven entirely based on all of those decisions. That has to be it. Like the well, the, the stakes on our show, or sorry, on our show on on Arrow are almost entirely based around um, the decisions that Oliver has made for good and well, for, and, and the, for the bad, often for the for the worst. And the, the part of the problem with it materializing with this lead that we've been given so far is I think in many ways it would end up feeling like this week where it's like, who's the villain? It's just some guy, right? Like that would in yeah. some ways be extremely unsatisfying um yeah i actually liked it this week oh yeah for this week that's fine but if that was the big it turns out like i mean this was a monster of the week episode and the monster of the week was some guy that had a really bad day i don't know i don't know if either of you are still watching agents of shield but i will say that i am this week's episode had a good had a good scene in regards to that where uh, a character shows up to this guy who's yes. been trying to track him down, and the, the, Coulson's answer to him is, cool origin story, bro. <laughs> like, that was yeah. one of my yeah. favorite... Yeah, I want a I yeah. gif of that. That's my new... <laughs> yeah, I'm up and down on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that was one of my favorite things. Like, Because they go into flashbacks, there's a whole bunch of story about it, and then just Coulson's like, cool story, bro. You're just like another red shirt. I'm a way to saving the world. See, and it's funny, you guys, we've we've now talked about two shows with flashbacks because fundamentally that's kind of what the Flash lacks. We don't have anything to go back to except Mm. for an alternate timeline. You you keep changing it. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You've gone forward now a couple times this season, so that's That's exciting. (laughs) Flash had a killer season one amazing yeah it really did and it's kind of it's kind of had trouble like i was jealous we were were going through the like and i don't mean to be mean about but we were going through a dark period man like we had a couple of bad seasons this one's pretty good but one thing is that by season two and three of of arrow we knew who these characters were and we had an established timeline and an interaction model and that keeps getting shaken up all of the time in Flash. Like Flashpoint screwed No, it's not fair. It's not fair to the actors, it's not fair to the writers, it's not fair to anybody. But the like Cisco and Barry didn't like each other at the beginning of the series. I know. Season like Caitlin is I don't know what the hell is going on with Caitlin. You've got like a new HR. You know, it it's difficult. It's difficult to know where all the characters stand from season to season. So you, it's hard to grow with them. Well, I, and then I, we're I, dealing I, with this yeah. whole thing where where Barry from the future is not a good guy in some capacity. He tells everybody, "Don't trust me," and that was that was one of the big things in the crossover. I was just like, "You kind of just left that hanging for nobody to pick up." Yeah. Yeah, I have thoughts about that but i don't know if this is where we should talk about them uh it'll, well, be, for, it'll be for the end of the year yeah we'll do a we'll do a wrap-up are there <laughs> uh are there any other thoughts about this week's episode of arrow there's not much that hooks into our overarching plot since we're focused so much on this particular 
issue heavy thing right like we get aside from that brief appearance of vigilante um we don't really get and the brief mention of felicity using the pandora cache to track down who we think is is prometheus like that's about it for sort of ongoing oh, stuff i am go ahead most the, the pandora cache it like i heard you guys talking about it and then they did that weird shot on her computer yeah what, what was that is that where i'm supposed to get yeah like, oh, she's using bad stuff she's using data that's been given to her by another group of hackers um that's basically like a huge data store that's sort of like some questionable moral decisions into what felicity's been been doing in terms of like she's been given a lot of power and we're not entirely convinced that uh the people that have given her the that power are good actors gotcha it could be a prometheus ploy it could be. Yeah. We don't well, know. they're called they're called Helix, Helix which yeah. is you know, come on, even that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other development that I think is interesting, which I mentioned during the the uh, the uh, rap or the um, synopsis, there was uh, that that Dinah has now joined the Sterling City Police Department. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Well, it puts her in an interesting position, right? Because she's running around in most of this episode, like. Despite the fact that they've kind of earmarked her to be the new Black Canary, she has not taken on that mantle yet. Um, she oh, is, is she the girl with the scream? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so she is not, she is just wearing her like black leather jacket and like, that's it. She's just wearing civilian clothes and running around beating up people. I, I really did like her and Diggle getting along. Yes. Well, they have she things could. in common, right? Like they've yep, both been definitely. through some stuff. Now, so this this show, if the, well, if there's a flaw, there are many show, flaws with this show. But uh, I think they are using their their actors and their their, their cast and their characters um, pretty, you know, judiciously. In that they will cycle people in and out and try to give like if they've got an episode that has characters the characters trying to get stuff to do. Um, I think the, the, the C plot here, uh, with dig and Dinah was pretty great. Stuff happened, you know, uh, Thea came back and Thea came back at a good time in order to, to help Molly make these decisions, uh, her and Quentin, her, pretty much the only people that left that could really force his hand on this kind of stuff. Um, so it's sad when we don't see them for a couple of episodes, but when we do see them, they actually get used. Uh, right. And I think I prefer that model to having 20 people in a room. Trying to service who, all of them. Yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Who just like, crack a couple of dumb jokes every now and then. Hey, yeah, I'm I, also I, here. I've like, been a fan of them rotating in the recruits, as I've mentioned in previous yeah. episodes, and giving them some yeah. time to shine. And if that means taking people off the board for a little while, I'm okay with it. I, I read something yeah. about her. The excuses being, are lame. I almost wish oh, they yeah, would just sure. not even mention it. Just like, whatever. She's, not a, she's off doing something yeah. else. She's working. Yeah. Um, I think they mentioned, I read an interview, I think that she's only contracted for like 13 episodes this year or something like that. Like, I think they cut down some of the series regulars contracts just because... Either they're doing other stuff or they are, you know, trying to balance more. But, you know, I, I think as we've agreed in the mm -hmm. past, the bringing in the new recruits has 
mix stuff up in a in a good way for this show which has become even though we you know you talked about people being set in their interaction models and so on it's nice to add some fresh blood um and and you know spin those out a little bit i still feel like curtis needs a little more you know curtis needs some juice he needs some t-spheres he needs some t-spheres gotta get some superhero stuff going yeah oh did you see him i mean this week he was beating up on the uh the combat dummy thing there yeah He's still, he's still yeah, trying. that was making a, a really weird sound for hitting wood, <laughs> just on a foley level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's padded. It's all padded, padded wood. wood. Padded <laughs> wood. That's, it. that's, that's what right, you practice on. He's, he's still on the baby set. <laughs> yeah, you know, early in the season, I thought you guys were going to have a lot of trouble with yeah. the addition of the recruits. I was like, yikes. And those are some of the episodes I was watching, and I kind of thought... Oh God! This can—I already know how this goes, so I'm gonna. I don't blame you after two after two years of roughing it out, you know. So yeah, and so and that's why I kind of just fell back, and I kind of want to start watching again, just based around this episode, and and start backfilling. But you know, I like listening because I figure I'm gonna get all the information I need. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. Appreciate that. I. I think it, we we're, we provide a service. Yeah, just wait until I do a recap, which lasts about an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Moltz's last week was woof. <laughs> we're trying to. We try. We try, but we're never going to be as fast as the Flashcast. That's just not hey, look, not how we roll. Ac- accuracy and speed. That's accuracy what, and speed. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say I've got a late breaking Prometheus theory. Just uh, I was flipping back through stuff. You know who Prometheus is, guy? It's it's, it's Bruce Wayne. It's Alex. Oh God! <laughs> uh, the campaign manager. Yeah, guy? it's clearly oh, him. God. Clearly, Moe's knows. Moe's knows. Uh, our least, uh, perhaps our least liked character since uh, Detective Billy Bland bit, bit it earlier this season. He gets a name check in this episode too, where where Oliver's like, "I'm not comfortable covering up his death," which I feel like we've heard him say like three or four times now. And Adrian Chase every time is like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't care." Um, oh yeah, wait. We didn't mention that uh, Adrian Chase is like double duty. Obviously, the vigilante. We we strongly believe him to be vigilante. Well, oh. the voice the voice is the same. The voice. Well, he does his hair, does the Armenian voice. Oh yeah, sorry. He talks like a superhero, tough guy voice. Yeah, uh, vigilante comic was awesome. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, so, so, yeah, so he so is so, one of the vigilant. So Adrian Chase is in comics mythology, DC comics mythology, is one of the identities of vigilante or one of the people who takes up the mantle of vigilante. But there's a question of whether or not. I mean, like, could it be a fake out? I guess it could be. But he's so he's had a couple episodes in which he, as him, as Adrian Chase, has become rather unhinged about some stuff that makes well, you feel like that episode, guy's not all he, there. Yeah. He, he gets shot. He's trying to get dressed and go out just exactly like Oliver would. Gets talked out of it. I can totally. I mean, he snuck out, put on the costume, and went and shot a guy. Like totally believable. It's hard to. I mean, like I feel like the question is really whether they end up coming to some sort of uneasy truce in fighting Prometheus, or whether there is. You know, he's going to sort of be a constant. I thorn. think the vigilante is a dark mirror to Oliver. Yes, but will they will they have to deal with him before they can deal with Prometheus, or will they be using him in the fight against Prometheus? I think that's that's for me is the question. I I don't know. I think I, I you, my you gut my gut feeling 
Go ahead, Moss. You got to use his gunplay. The guy is a, just a total brute. You you want him on your team for it's an ends to a means or yeah. means to an ends. Yeah, sure. whichever my, way you want to say it. Yeah. My my gut feeling is that uh, both get battled at once. Mm, not not in like arena fight, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel philosophy of vigilante and probably what he's actually attempting to do at the time come up hard against what Oliver was trying to do at the time in order to stop Prometheus. Well, the thing that's interesting... Because I feel that to stop Prometheus, Oliver can't just beat him up. He can't. Uh, like, well, that's, that's like, how he like, beat like in this Dark episode last today. season, and that's kind of the problem we had exactly. with the end of last season was, in the end, it was just about sticking Oliver an arrow in the guy. Oliver has to prove to Prometheus that there is a better way, and I think that Vigilante is playing into well, that. And in so, it. like, by disproving Vigilante's tack to Prometheus, there's some. There's, there, there's a victory there beyond just sticking the guy with an arrow. Well, and, and, and it's interesting, too, because you have Renee in the mix, who he's also chided in the past because Renee's right. weapons of choice are obviously guns. And so, you know, it's not as though. We've had some discussions with him about, like, it's not as, you know, is killing on or off the table when you're shooting dudes with guns all the time. So I think that that's, you know, maybe there's something in there in, in, in an object lesson for Renee going forward. Maybe we'll convince him to use that hockey stick instead of a instead of guns. Sportsmaster. Yeah, well, he's, he, this is all the Sportsmaster origin story. I think we've agreed. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, sounds like don't a villain of the week over, over on my it. side. <laughs> oh, come on. You have mind-controlling gorillas, which I am yeah. super looking forward to. <laughs> Two-part episode that's coming your way. But then there's the musical episode, which I don't want to talk I'm about. Okay oh, I'm okay I'm, with it. I'm big into the musical episode. Yeah, 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 you are until it happens. <laughs> um, um, maybe. I was going to say one more thing, which is that, uh, you know, someone commented to me, a uh, guy, that... Um, we were uh they feel like oh we're, we're like right in the show now because a couple of weeks ago you said you wanted ollie to get back to sort of his liberal uh leanings you know what i was gonna mention that i was right <laughs> i i fed you that one instead yeah yeah i, I decided not to be a jerk about that but uh i thought the show was gonna get more political kind of hard to you know this one is pretty political. Yeah, agree. Did they resolve it? No. That's great. That's you know that's that's politics. That's politics, so, baby. But but they talked about it, and I, I think we're going to see a bit more about that. Yeah. Well, Oliver Queen as mayor, I think, has not played out yet. I'm, I'm continually interested to see where that goes. So yeah. we shall yeah. see. Um, and inherently, this show has a political aspect. So. I'm not just trying to like steer random stuff. Into, you you into want the West podcast. Wing with arrows? <laughs> no, who doesn't? I well, don't. I love it. I think it would be great. More political machination. Yeah, that actually that, that could work. Yeah, um, a little bit of little bit of Roblo in costume. Yeah. <laughs> any? How can you go wrong? Any last thoughts about this week's episode before we wrap up? You know, you guys are having a strong season. I, I mean, it's undeniable, and I'm glad that I came in on this one. 
this is if there if I was going to watch any uh, episode this season, I'm glad it was this one. I mean, it, again, it had the potential to go horribly wrong and misguided, and I think they did. A, a, I'll give it an A minus type job. Yeah, oh, that's nice. It's yeoman's work. I agree. Uh, this, this is uh, first of all it takes guts to cover this. It does. It, it. I mean, you know, literally, people's lives are line uh, on the line, and uh, what people perceive as their their innate right to to protection, like that, and they they cover it all. Uh, the fact that they come up with some half solution that we never know the details about is fine, because this is a superhero show about a guy that was stuck on an island for five years, <laughs> and he's really upset about that. And that's okay. We don't need a solution. We, but it, it it took some courage to address the issue. Yeah, I think I agree with both you guys on that on that front in terms of at least trying to tackle something like this head on and admitting that it's a big problem that, you know, is not going to get solved by a TV show, but yeah. at least maybe there's some dialogue happening. Yeah. So, and I think they bent some of the characters a little bit out of perspective. Uh, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Felicity didn't want to talk about it. Seems a little bit off. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed Lance's position or Thea's position. But they they used the pieces they had and they told a story that addressed an issue and I thought it was uh, bold, courageous, uh, pretty even-handed and and I and I commend them for it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll any of us expect this to be the uh, operating <laughs> standard operating procedure from here out here on out. No, no, no. We'll no. see we'll but see how I, it goes. I would like more of season. these but not every week. Yeah. No, I think well, I, one my, per season is, the, might be your limit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah. my my fear would be that this trickles into the other shows and isn't done as well. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Well, you know, honestly, I, the review I was reading of this did point out that for all of its flaws, Legends of Tomorrow has actually dealt with some of the like there's there's at least one episode where they go back into like Civil War era. Oh god, that's no, don't. That's there a horrible go. episode. Oh. Yeah, God, I mean, you, they're, they're, uh, God, you speak my language. There are there are definitely problems, but they, you know, I'm not saying again execution. You can argue with, but they've definitely tried it. So, oh well, yes, they tried it, and to Moses' point, that was awful. Did an entire disservice to it, which is where I think that uh, that's why I commend this episode in that they tried something and. I mean, they did like a Daredevil stunt, and I think they came out mostly okay. Yep. Mostly stuck the landing. Yeah, yeah, mostly. There's weaknesses and there's weirdness, but... It, it was a Mary know, Lou Retton. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, nice. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap talk there, and then we'll, uh, we will be back next week to talk about episode 14, which is titled The Sin Eater. Um... That sounds interesting. Uh, and let me just thank my guests. Guy English, always a pleasure. Thank you. 
And Philip Moselak, thank you so much for being here, Mose. Well, I I give you the best episodes when I'm on. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate it. Mose, thank you for filling in. You know, my my charm is being a jerk, and I well, I I love being. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love being a jerk to you and as anti-moles, <laughs> molts, uh, I should say. Um, moles, whatever I, you want to call them. Right. So, but sadly he wasn't here, but I'm glad he wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm sure he'll be listening closely <laughs> to this episode. Yeah. Uh, and, and extra special thanks to, uh, to our little Biff Army out there. Yeah, the Biff Army is growing. It's stronger You're every tiny week. but mighty. Hashtag Biff Army. Hashtag Biff Army. We, uh, Biff we're, Army. Looking, we're looking for you. Uh, and to all of you for listening, thank you so much for putting up with us for another week. We will <laughs> see you next week.